Welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, today we are continuing our brief survey of theology, and today's topic is uh, on a theology of mankind, a.k.a. anthropology. And I want to do this in two podcasts. Uh, And what I want to do today is to simply look at the implications of rejecting a biblical view of man. Uh, Next week, Lord willing, we will look at the biblical data uh, on this. But I simply want to make the observation that your view of mankind has massive implications for how you understand the most basic problems and solutions we face. In other words, where do our problems come from? How do we address them? A few years ago, you might recall that there was um, the uh, Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooting. Uh, ABC was reporting on the shooting, and what they did in their reporting was they found a guy who had the same name as the shooter, and this guy was registered with the, um, the Aurora Tea Party there, and they said, well, we don't know for sure, but there's a guy... Uh, who who is part of the Tea Party here by this name. And what they ended up issuing an apology because basically it, it was a different person altogether, but basically um, the implication was that this guy was motivated to commit the crime because he was a member of, of the Tea Party. Uh, one of the frustrations that we face today is our culture's insatiable desire to place the blame for these kinds of events on one's political opponents. Uh, The reality is that people from every political affiliation commit crimes, and uh, it doesn't matter what the group is. People in every group are committing crimes. People from every ethnicity do bad things. People from both genders do bad things. People from all religions do bad things. We discover that Christians and atheists alike can be lousy people. And even if crime is more concentrated among certain groups, it becomes very difficult to argue causation instead of merely correlation. Uh, In fact, if we're not careful, we can commit the false cause fallacy. This is a fallacious line of reasoning where we say that event A caused event B just because they go together or just because one came after the other. So an example of this uh, false cause fallacy uh, would be um, where if a child looked at a windmill and made the observation that the, the windmill only spins when it's windy, and the child would be committing the false cause fallacy if he believed that the windmills caused the wind. In reality, it's the other way around. Uh, B.F. Skinner, a psychologist, uh, did an experiment on pigeons, and he found that if he gave pigeons food at short intervals, they would start to exhibit strange behaviors. So he had this every couple minutes or so or whatever it was, food would come in this tray for these pigeons. And he noticed that the pigeons started to move or to act in predictable ways because the pigeons started to become superstitious. They believed that their actions were causing the food to come. 
uh, the pigeon may have bobbed its head back and forth, you know, at the same time, coincidentally, that the food came. And so now it thinks every time it bobs its head back and forth, the food comes. Uh, one of the pigeons in the experiment would specifically turn around in the cage uh, in a counterclockwise direction, thinking that that caused the food uh, to come. People are the same way, right? We're superstitious. Uh, we all know the silly ones, like walking under a ladder or seeing a black cat or wearing your lucky socks to win a ball game. Uh, but there are other superstitions besides those that are just as unwarranted. Uh, superstitions are examples of the false cause fallacy. Just because you got into a car accident after you walked under the bridge or, or walked under the ladder... Um, doesn't mean that that caused the the accident or whatever it might be. Um, another example of the false cause fallacy is to say that person A committed this crime because he or she was fill in the blank. Um, and of course, now it's popular to, to have those along ethnic or political uh, lines, black, white, Republican, Democrat, Tea Party member, whatever. Uh, here's what I'm suggesting. There, there are two things that I'm suggesting here. The, the first one is that we need to be very, very careful about attributing causes when all we can observe is correlation. Uh, I'm not saying that there are no such thing as causes. There are causes. Uh, but correlation does not always necessitate causation. And if we get that mixed up, we're committing, we could commit the false cause uh, fallacy just because the criminal happened to be of a certain ethnicity or a certain political affiliation doesn't mean that everyone who shares those labels is, um, you know, a criminal waiting to happen. So that's the first observation. Be cautious and don't fall into the trap of uh, trying to immediately after all of these kinds of events or crimes or whatever, immediately trying to uh, label that criminal as your political opponent or um, whatever it might be. Um, be careful that we, that we don't mix up correlation and causation. But secondly, uh, I want to demonstrate that we really do, as a culture and as a society, have different views on what drives us. The world offers to us different uh, anthropologies, different views of man, and of course this is what the topic is today, the view of man. The various psychological schools of thought uh, reveal this to us. For instance, the psychoanalytic school of Sigmund Freud teaches that at the heart we are just selfish animals. That's their view of man. And so the goal of the counselor is to bring the counselee to insight of his condition and ultimately to blame all of the problems on the past. Uh, theophostic counseling is one example of how this false foundation has worked its way into Christian counseling. So this idea of Sigmund Freud, that you're blaming your problems on your past, uh, it's your mother or whatever, he, he, would, he would blame it on. Theophostic counseling is looking into the past and trying to essentially blame your problems there. 
uh, our Amish neighbors to the south have been infiltrated with a variation of theophostic counseling and uh, try to pin behavior on, on the past. And then uh, what, what um, this type of counseling does is you try to go back into the past and reimagine Jesus walking with you or whatever it might be through this past trial, and that's how you get freedom out of this thing. This is very uh, this is this is very Freudian uh, in its in its um, outlook on life. Here's another example: uh, the behavioristic school of B.F. Skinner, who I just uh, shared that pigeon um, uh, illustration from a moment ago. Uh, he was he was from this behavioristic school, and so uh, this school of thought believes that mankind is ultimately neutral. And like Shamu the whale or a hunting dog, you know, we'll do what we're told. We'll do what we're trained to do. And so the goal, if you are a uh, member of the behavioristic school here, the goal would be to retrain the counselee and to blame the problems not on the past but on the environment. And then we have, of course, the humanistic school of Carl Rogers, uh, this school teaches that man is great and is wonderful. And so the goal is to stimulate self-love instead of overcoming problems, to feel good about them. So psychologists within this school of thought don't give advice. They mirror back a counselee's words to them. Change is not desirable, but rather self-acceptance. So if you go to a counselor who is of this humanistic school of thought, you know, they, they will basically just mirror your words. So you might say, you know, I'm feeling really depressed today. And they might repackage it a little bit and, and say, ah, I, I re- I'm really sensing that you feel uh, just very down today. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. And, and going back and forth with this kind of just repackaging your words and saying the same thing back uh, with the goal of self-acceptance and, and no need of change and, and certainly no need of, of biblical repentance. Uh, let me give you an example of this last one, this, this humanistic thought. I saw a graphic today that said this. It said, quote, your value doesn't decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth, end quote. Uh, this kind of thing, you know, gets us all emotional, right? And it gets us all, yeah, that's right. They just don't see my worth. Makes us feel all the feels, right? Yeah, I have worth. I don't need to change one bit to please you. If you disagree with me, then you're the problem. You just don't see my worth. Here's another one I saw. It said this, quote, be you, do you, for you, end quote. Be you, do you, for you. Imagine Adolf Hitler having that quote on a rustic pallet sign hanging in his home. That would be pretty awkward. The, the problem with this kind of philosophy is, uh, you know, th- what we're seeing here in these kinds of graphics and statements is just the tip of the iceberg. At its core, these kinds of statements stem from a humanistic philosophy that really has infiltrated the church. Um, just me borrowing from one source, kind of summing up this humanistic philosophy, um, the, the humanistic psychologist sees man as wonderful and special instead of a fallen image bearer, like the Bible teaches us. He sees the problem as not sin, but unmet needs. He sees the counselee not as a wandering sinner, but as a wilted flower. He sees the counselor as a friendly gardener talking to plants instead of as a discipler. 
He sees the purpose as self-love instead of glorifying God. He sees the end result as feeling good about your sin instead of repentant Christ-likeness. You can't be a pick-and-choose psychologist. If you want all of the self-love mantra of the world, you're going to have to take along everything that produces it. You can't separate self-love teaching from the values that shaped it. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Is it going to be the God of the Bible, or is it going to be the feel-good humanists of the world? Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.